Uh, well, friends, I, I wonder whether you've ever said the words, God bless you before. Uh, hands up if you've uh, said those words before. Uh, I'm sure most of us have, have said those words at some point in our lives. It's uh, uh, part of the language we use in our culture, isn't it? Uh, some of us might sign off on our emails uh, or in our text messages with the words, God bless you. Uh, when we hear another person sneeze, we say, God bless you, or bless you. Uh, when we hear the President of the United States giving an address on the West Wing, he says, God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. Uh, often I think we say these words as a way of being polite, isn't it? Rather than knowing what it means for God to bless but in the Bible, to be blessed by God has a particular meaning. Uh, some translations of the Bible, and uh, we saw this morning in, in the children's talk, uh, some uh, children's versions of the Bible use the word happy instead of the word blessed, implying that the person who is blessed by God will have feelings of, of happiness in their life. Now, often when a person is blessed by God, uh, he or she will feel happy. But that is not what it means to be blessed by God in the Bible. No, to be blessed by God means to be in a state of favour from God. It's God saying to a person, uh, I favour you. Uh, I give you the big tick of approval. I uh, pronounce upon you great fortune. Uh, that's what it means to be blessed in the Bible. And I want to suggest to you this morning that there is actually uh, no greater accolade, no greater honour in this world than to be blessed by God. I mean, what can be greater than to have the favour of the God who created the heavens and the earth on your life? Can you think of anything that is greater than that? And so, who are the ones who are blessed in this world? Uh, we had a little bit of a, a discussion uh, about that earlier. Uh, for me, um, I think it's uh, easy to think that it's that friend on Facebook who seems to be living the carefree life uh, do you know the person I'm, I'm talking about? Uh, Travelling the world, uh, enjoying culinary delights from all over the world, never running out of money, but living what looks to be the perfect life. Perhaps they're the blessed ones. Or perhaps it's that friend who has just landed that dream job. Now, they've been very ambitious and they've worked hard all through high school and university. Now they've landed that coveted position at uh, one of the best investment banks in the country. It's just a matter of time before they will become seriously wealthy. Perhaps they are the ones who are blessed. Or perhaps it's that woman who seems to have it all. She's attractive. She has the perfect family. She has a fulfilling career. She has the perfect house. 
She is the envy of many. Perhaps she is the one who is blessed by God. Who would you say are the ones who are blessed in this world? Uh, Well, uh, as you know, we're beginning uh, this new series this morning on uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, It's called the Sermon on the Mount because you'll see there in verse 1 that uh, Jesus goes up on a mountain and he begins to teach his disciples. Uh, The topic of his teaching, as we will see throughout this series, is life in the kingdom of heaven. This is truly the blessed life that he is teaching about. And in the first 12 verses, I want you to see that Jesus describes the characteristics of those who are truly blessed by God. Uh, All these characteristics have their roots in the Old Testament, uh, mainly in the book of Isaiah. But the truly astonishing thing I want you to see here is that according to Jesus, the ones who are truly blessed in this world are the ones who are spiritually bankrupt. You have to be bankrupt, says Jesus, in order to be blessed. Uh, You can see it there in verse 3, can't you? Have a look at verse 3 with me. Uh, It is the poor in spirit who is blessed. The poor in spirit. Now, I don't think that this is talking about financial poverty. Uh, Rather, it's talking of spiritual poverty or spiritual bankruptcy. It's talking about the, the person who knows that they have nothing in the spiritual bank that they can offer to God to make them worthy of his acceptance. No moral righteousness, no human achievement, no religious works that are more than filthy rags before God. The poor in spirit are the ones who come to God needy, just like a beggar looking for food. It's the language of that famous hymn that says, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul, I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Saviour. Or I die. Further, in verse 4, it is those who mourn who are blessed. Notice. Jesus is talking here about those who mourn over sin, mourning over personal sin, as well as the sin of others and the sin that we see so prevalent in this world. It's so easy, isn't it, friends, to judge and condemn others when we see sinfulness around us. But how many of us truly mourn and feel sorrow for our own sin before God, as well as the sin of others? In verse 5, it is the meek who are blessed. Jesus is talking here about those who are humble before God and others, those who are gentle those who are not arrogant or think of themselves more highly than they ought. If I know that I am spiritually bankrupt, it's very hard to be arrogant towards others, isn't it? In verse 6, it is those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, in the Bible, uh, righteousness can refer to God's righteous character in uh, bringing salvation to his people. 
But equally, it can refer to the righteousness uh, of God's people themselves. The righteous are the ones who are eager to live God's way by obeying his word. Um, I haven't experienced genuine hunger or thirst for a long time, uh, as you can probably see. Uh, But uh, many years ago, uh, I went camping with some friends in the Blue Mountains and uh, we ran out of water. Uh, We were deep in the mountains, uh, we were on foot, Uh, we we knew we were in serious trouble, and so as uh, uh, pretty foolhardy high school students, uh, we walked to the nearest road and we hitchhiked. Uh, A a van picked us up, and uh, I don't recommend that anyone do this uh, now, but uh, a van picked us up and we went, we were dropped off at at a farm where we collapsed at the door, begging for water. You see, we hunger and thirst for things that we don't have, isn't it? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness in your life? Because you want to obey God in your life. You want to hear his word and do his will. The merciful, in verse 7, are the ones who receive mercy from God and therefore are merciful to others. The pure in heart, in verse 8, are the ones who are not only morally pure, but uh, I think it's actually talking about uh, the person who is single-minded. It's those who have an undivided heart that Jesus is talking about here. It's the ones who do not live uh, a double life. You know, one life for church on the few hours that we have here on a Sunday and another life for the workplace and the home. It is the one who has an undivided heart who is blessed, says Jesus. Uh, The peacemakers in verse 9 are the ones who speak about the peace and salvation that God brings. In Isaiah, the peacemakers are the ones with beautiful feet who go around publishing peace and telling uh, people of the good news of God's coming salvation. And finally, in verse 10, the ones who are blessed are the ones who are persecuted for speaking out about that salvation. Uh, Friends, I wonder whether these verses describe you and me. Do these verses describe you and me? Uh, Do you know in the depths of your soul that you are bankrupt before God? Are you poor in spirit? Do you mourn over your sinfulness and my sinfulness? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Are you someone who publishes peace and the coming of God's salvation and urging people to turn back to Christ before it's too late? If that is you, then God says, you are blessed. You are my favoured one. You have my tick of approval. You are fortunate beyond imagination. And so the ones who are blessed are the ones who know they are spiritually poor before God. You have to be bankrupt. 
But in this passage, I want you to see that the ones who are blessed are, are the ones who belong to Jesus. And uh, I think you can see this in two ways here. Uh, firstly, did you notice who Jesus is speaking to in the Sermon on the Mount? Uh, he's actually speaking to his disciples here. Uh, at the end of chapter 4, you can see that Jesus is becoming famous and great crowds are starting to follow him because of his teaching and because of uh, his miraculous healings. Uh, have a look with me at chapter 4, verse 23, the end of chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 23 says, uh, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea and beyond the Jordan. But notice, friends, that when Jesus goes up on the mountain to give his sermon in the very next verse, he's not necessarily speaking to the crowds, but he's speaking to his disciples. The crowds may be leaning in and overhearing what Jesus is saying. Uh, that's why at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, in chapter 7, verse 28, Matthew tells us that at the end of the sermon, the crowds were astonished at Jesus' teaching. It's obvious that the crowds were listening in. But here at the beginning of the sermon... It is the disciples of Jesus who come to him who are taught by Jesus at his feet. But who are these disciples? Well, I'm sure it would have included people like Peter and Andrew and James and John who in the previous chapter leave their fishing nets to follow Jesus. But I'm sure it included others who similarly left their old life behind to follow this astonishing teacher called Jesus. And to these disciples who follow him and are keen to learn from him, Jesus says, you are blessed. You are fortunate. You have my tick of approval. Uh, secondly, you can see it there in verse 11, can't you? Verse 11 Jesus says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, it is only those who belong to Jesus and suffer on his account who are the blessed ones. It is they who will one day be comforted. It is they who one day will be satisfied. It is they who will one day receive mercy and who will see God face to face. Um, about a month ago, uh, there was an Australian man named Matthew Jones who died uh, while climbing Mount Everest. Uh, you may have heard of him in the papers uh, by all accounts, he was a devoted family man. Uh, he was a well-respected leader in a giant IT company called Intel. He loved good wine 
and parties and travel. In many ways, he was living the blessed life. And climbing Mount Everest was just one more thing on his bucket list. When he got to the mountain, he climbed up to base camp. He ticked, he ticked it off his, his bucket list. He began his descent. He started suffering altitude sickness. And within a day, he was dead. Now, friends, I don't know whether this man belonged to Jesus. Uh, I really hope he did. But if he didn't, listen to what Jesus is saying here. He won't be comforted. He won't be satisfied. He won't receive mercy. He won't see God nor be a child of God. You see, you can live the dream in this life, but without Jesus, you will not be blessed. Friends, do you and I belong to Jesus? Um, Are you and I people who have left our old life of rejecting God behind us and are now following Jesus, eager to learn at his feet, and eager to do his will. Well, if you are here this morning and you do not belong to Jesus and you have very little desire to follow him seriously in your life, then do not expect to be blessed by God. There will be no comfort or satisfaction or mercy from God unless you turn to his gracious son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and follow him. So will you do that today? Will you recognize your spiritual bankruptcy before God and fall at the feet of Jesus, ready to know him better and to serve and do his will in your life? What good is it to be blessed in the eyes of your friends or even the entire world if in the end you are not blessed by the God that you will meet in eternity. And so, it is the bankrupt who will be blessed. It is those who belong to Jesus who are blessed. But notice finally that it is those who will be bruised or beaten up for following Jesus who are are the blessed ones. Uh, Jesus says in verse 11, doesn't he? Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Uh, Now, friends, it is true, isn't it, that those who belong to Jesus now experience something of the kingdom of heaven now. Uh, If you have a look at verse 3, Jesus says there, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Or if you have a look down with me at verse 10, uh, it says there, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, This whole passage seems to be bookended 
by verses that say that the blessed ones are the ones who, in some way, possess the kingdom of heaven now. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven, says Jesus. Many of us will know something of what Jesus is talking about here, I think. If you belong to Jesus, then you will know, won't you? Something of the goodness and the comfort of having sins forgiven. You will know, for example, the satisfaction that comes from knowing God. You will have some vision for God, even though at the moment it will, it will seem like we're looking through a mirror dimly. But I want you to see here that the emphasis in this passage is actually that the blessings of the kingdom are future. Uh, In verse 4, notice that the mourners shall be comforted. Uh, It's in the future tense, isn't it? The meek shall inherit the earth. Future. The hungry and thirsty shall be satisfied. Future. The merciful shall receive mercy. Future. The pure in heart shall see God. Future. The peacemakers shall be called sons of God. Future. But what you can expect now, says Jesus, if you are one of the blessed ones, is to be bruised. People will revile you. People will persecute you. People will utter all sorts of evil against you for proclaiming the good news about me, says Jesus. I think of the Christian worker who eats lunch alone because the others in his office don't like him talking about Jesus or trying to live the Christian life in the office. I think of some of you who knocked on doors recently uh, to speak to people in this area about Jesus but had the door slammed in your face or had harsh words said to you. I think of the Egyptian Christian mother who recently lost her husband when a suicide bomber from Islamic State strapped on explosives and blew himself up in a church. You know, there are many churches out there that teach the heresy that if you belong to Jesus, you can have all the benefits of heaven right now. You can be healthy now. Jesus will prosper your business and you can be wealthy now. You can be popular now. Uh, Just the other week, a person knocked on my door from a a, a sect in the area and uh, told me that I could be even sinless now if I became a Christian. But that's not what Jesus says here, is it? One day the blessings of the kingdom will come in all its fullness But for now, you will be bruised. Friends, are you and I people who are being bruised for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we being bruised in big or small ways because we are living as people who belong to Jesus and want to make him known? My fear is that many Christian people apart from a few hours on a Sunday, a living life that is no different to the world. That is my temptation, to be honest. Rather than being poor in spirit, 
Sometimes our ambition is to be rich. Rather than mourning over sin, we live for laughter and entertainment. Rather than hungering and thirsting for righteousness, well, we hunger and thirst even more for our hobbies. Rather than being peacemakers, we are more interested in making something of our lives. Some of us live no differently to the world. And so the world actually has nothing to bruise us over. Uh, One writer describes such a Christian person like a ship in the ocean. Uh, When the ship is in the ocean, he says, everything is fine. But when the ocean gets into the ship, then you're in trouble. Many Christian people are like that boat taking on the water of the world little by little by little until they are consumed and do not stand out in the world. But listen to what Jesus says, friends. The blessed ones are the ones who are spiritually bankrupt before God. They are the ones who belong to Jesus. They are the ones who are prepared to be bruised on account of him because they want to live for him and want to make him known. Are you and I like this? Does this describe our lives? If it does in some measure, then rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven, says Jesus. You are truly blessed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would show us our spiritual poverty so that we might be drawn to the riches of the grace and mercy that is available in our Lord Jesus. We ask, Father, that you would search our hearts by your word and show us the areas where we sin and live in ungodliness. We ask that you would grant us repentance and help us to hunger and thirst for righteousness in our lives. I thank you, Father, for the great comfort in knowing that in Jesus we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I thank you that we can enjoy many of these blessings now. But we pray that you would also give us great hope for the future kingdom when you will comfort those who mourn, when you will satisfy those who hunger and thirst. And we pray that as we wait for that day, that you would help us to serve our Lord Jesus with undivided hearts and publish his peace far and wide, even if it means being bruised and battered. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.